Hey, welcome everybody to the Anxiety at Work podcast. I'm Chester Elton, and this is my dear friend and co-author, Adrian Gostick. We hope that the time you're going to spend with us will help remove the stigma of anxiety and mental health in the workplace and your personal life. We invite experts from the world of work and life to give us ideas and most importantly tools to deal with anxiety in our world. And our guest today is amazing. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Ria Chabra. Ria is a senior at Scripps Ranch High School in San Diego and plans to study cognitive science this fall in college. Ria runs her own nonprofit and is the CEO and founder of a virtual reality startup, which named her a 25 most remarkable teen in San Diego. (laughs) Seriously, how cool is that? Uh, She's been showcased on ABC News. She's been a competitive Bollywood and Indian Kathak, I hope I said that right, dancer, Bollywood dancing, so fun. Um, for the last 13 years, she brings awareness to mental health issues, which is why we're talking to her today. In fact, Ria co-founded Rise, a school club where she strives to eliminate the stigma of mental health and provide a safe space for her classmates to voice their challenges and deal with anxiety. Welcome to the show, Ria. We are just delighted to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited. <laughs> Well, hey, Ria, over quarantine, we're really interested to talk with you because, you know, we haven't talked to anybody of your age, so this is really exciting for us, too. So over quarantine, you say you struggled with your own self-love journey, you wrote, and, and you wish to become better educated in mental health so you could you know, acquire healthy coping mechanisms. So just take us through your personal journey over the last couple of years of understanding your own mental health. Right. Um Yeah, so around March 2020 is kind of where quarantine happened, right? Um, Schools shut down and everything. Um, And my first thought process was honestly like, this is great. Like, I need some more sleep. I need some time to myself, honestly. Like, everyone's wrapped up in activities and school. So first thing I thought is, you know, I have more time on my hands. Let me try to make myself better. Let me eat healthy. Let me exercise. Um, And that was going great for the first few months, first few weeks, actually, um, until it came to a point where I became obsessed with it. You know, I wanted the number on the scale to go further, further down. I cut the calorie intake even more and more each day just, you know, because the idea of looking in the mirror was something I didn't want to see. And I became obsessed with it. Um, I it was kind of a rough few months in quarantine, especially, you know, when you have no one to talk to, no distractions, no socialization. And any times I would talk to my friends, um, it was actually a thought process that a lot of my friends were going through. Many of them had the exact same idea of going into quarantine and struggling with their own mental health because socialization and friends was the only thing that kept them going through academics and kept their mind off of their own self-love journey. Um, During that time, it got to a point where eventually I recognized, I can't exactly explain what the trigger was, and I wouldn't necessarily say it's, you know, one thing and done, but it got to the point where I realized that there's more to this. You know, I was not only not productive, because I wasn't happy, I wasn't doing anything that made me happy, and external validation was just one thing that, why should I care? You know, it's about, it comes from within. Um, and going back in person has helped me more because I'm able to see people, I'm able to socialize. 
But going through that journey and realizing that there were a lot of other people like me, that my friends were doing the exact same thing was something that kind of triggered a journey of trying to make myself feel better for myself and for no one else. So yeah. that's kind of how it started. Yeah, you yeah. know, that, that, that's so interesting how it started off really positive, right? Hey, this is going to be great. And I'm yeah. going to lose weight and I'm going to look fabulous. And then you get obsessive about it and then you, you start to spiral. So one of the things Adrian mentioned, you know, we have a lot of business people on our show. We have a lot of doctors and all that kind of stuff. We've never talked to somebody in your generation. So, you know, as you talk to us oldies, as our kids call us, <laughs> what are what are the things that you would like to share with our generation to better understand, like, what your generation went through in quarantine and how we can be better, you know, how we can be, be more helpful, how we can better understand what you're going through? Because, you know, our generation, we never dealt with stuff like this. If, if we did, it was suck it up, put a smile on your face and move right. on, you know, yeah. what advice um, do you have for, for us? Yeah, of course. Um, what you said, you know, suck it up, put a smile. That's a mentality that I think a lot of parents have, um, for their children because, you know, everyone's going through quarantine. It's not just people my age, but I think, um, something that's important to realize is that during our age, social interaction is very important. Um, I mean, even the NIH, the um, National Institute of Health, says that, you know, ages from 10 to 24 is a period in our life where we need social stimuli and it's increased more for that age rather than, you know, adults or people past that age. So I think it's important to realize that it's not just the idea of not being with friends, you know, school and one th is one thing, but teenagers have a lot on their plate and parents... I think is important to realize that just because we don't have, you know, mortgage to pay or, you know, kids to take care of, it doesn't mean that we don't have things on our plate. Um, something that I would say in observation of my own experience and um, from my friends is that parents don't necessarily need to find a solution to something. They just, the kids just need to feel heard, if that makes sense. So you know, let's say they did, they did bad on a test in school. I'm using this example. I think it's pretty standard, pretty relatable as well. Um, rather than, oh, let's find a tutor. Oh, you know, let's get that grade up. Let's see how we can talk to the teacher. Um, it's important. Academics are important, but there's obviously a reason behind it. You know, there's a reason behind why the kid is suddenly not doing well or why they don't want to go out Friday nights. Um, I'm talking from my own experience as well. I just think it's important to realize that also in terms of school faculty as well, um, not every kid has a support system at home or a friend to talk to. So that's honestly the reason why I created Rise in the first place is not everyone has someone to talk to and that's very important. So I just think just recognizing that the voice needs to be heard rather than immediately trying to find a solution is very important. Oh, that's awesome. So tell, you talk about the impact of social media. We've, you know, we've talked to psychologists who say, oh, this is one of the biggest problems for teens right now with, with their mental health. They're constantly comparing themselves, or just yeah. you know, constantly on screens in a way overstimulated. Talk about what you, what you found with that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think a lot of people can agree that there's a lot of pros and cons to social media. And that, you know, multiple studies have even shown that a high usage in social media is a strong link with increased depression, anxiety, 
know, loneliness, things like that. But um, social media is honestly the time, like it's the place where teenagers use the most. It's the app they use the most, the things they do all the time in their free time, you know, communication. You don't even talk to a person anymore. It's just how can I message them on Instagram, which is, I think, crazy because you can't even socialize in person anymore. Um, especially after quarantine and the use of social media, the screen time is at an all-time high. So, and I know TikTok is one of the most in- influential apps to this day, or as of right now. Um, social media creates this like false image of what a perfect life is, what a perfect body is, the idea of a beauty standard, which shouldn't even exist in the first place because beauty changes over time, beauty is different over cultures. It's a perception. Why do we have a standard for it? Um, But I think it's hard for us to realize, like as children or even, you know, anyone, honestly, it's hard to realize that is some, that's a manipulation. That's something that's not real. And that isn't something I have to live up to. Um, So social media and it being the main source of communication among people my age, it just makes things worse for your mental health because you have this perceived uh, flaw in your in your own appearance because you believe that you have to live up to this expectation um i just think social media has caused a lot of harm for people my age and honestly i want to just have a conversation with people without the use of instagram or snapchat or anything like that you know it's so interesting that you bring that up because i'm sure a lot of people listening to the podcast go wait a minute this is a teenager that thinks that social media is bad. I mean, isn't that the, isn't, isn't that their, whoops, isn't that their category? Isn't that their, you know, their raison d'etre? Hey, so you've talked about uh, teachers and parents and all that good stuff. What what advice do you have for teachers and parents that, that we can help uh, more, you know, uh, teenagers and students, you know, you're you're live, and then you you go to virtual, and there's a lot of pressure. And we've seen, you know, even in our friends and, and our kids, they can crack under a lot of that pressure. So, what what advice would you give teachers and parents as to how we can help take a step back from that that crisis mm-hmm. mode, that you know, that breaking point? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like I mentioned before, um, culture. The idea of mental health is different across cultures. Um, I'm from India, and in Indian culture, there's often uh, a mental health stigma, and the idea of it is very taboo. Um, There's also this immigrant ideology. My parents are immigrants, of course, and I grew up in America. But um, and they have this idea that, you know, education and success is the number one goal because they immigrated and there was nothing else that was really important because making it in America or the American dream was such an important thing. You know, it's so yeah. funny you mentioned that because I've got a, a friend, I was read, reading his book and he grew up in London, Indian descent. And he said, in my family, in the Indian culture, you were either a doctor, a lawyer, yeah. or a failure. <laughs> Those were the three options. So keep going on that cultural divide because that's really fascinating. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's a cultural divide between me and my parents. I may be Indian, but I'm just as much American. Um, but they, they don't think mental health, or I wouldn't say my parents necessarily. I think me and my parents have grown over the past few years together because, you know, we try and learn from each other, but a lot of Indian parents don't, are not really open to that or 
don't understand that there is something beyond let's become an engineer, you know, let's go for college. Right. And I think academics is the number one goal for a lot of us. Um, So just understanding like in school as well, that, like I said before, these kids don't necessarily have a support system at home. They don't have a person to talk to and talking with friends is, is interesting because you can encourage each other but the funny thing is, like I mentioned before, um, when me and my friends were both going through a self-love journey over quarantine, it's funny because we would encourage each other to do better, but we would never do it for ourselves. We would never try and fix ourselves. We would want the other person to be fixed. You know, we're, we're still learning. We're still kids. So it's it's good to have a person to talk to, but knowing that your parent is there for you and knowing that they're they also... I don't want to say drive your life, but, you know, they're very influential in that aspect. So teenager, or sorry, teachers just need to understand that and be uh, understanding to the idea of deadlines, assignments. I know academics are very important. It's my number one goal, but um, there's a lot to do. There's a lot of overwhelming things. There's a lot of schools, a lot of everyone's home life is different. No one knows what anyone is going through. And I just think it's important that the school understands that mental health is a real issue to, you know, take a day off from school and recuperate and just understand that everyone is different. And I love that idea, Rhea, of, you know, we encourage others, but we don't take our own advice. And (laughs) that's really powerful. Uh, How can people learn more about you, Rhea? Where would you point them? Don't say TikTok. Well, <laughs> don't tell my mom about the social media. I use social media to disagree with everyone else. I wish I did it. Don't tell my mom. Um, yeah, I think um, to learn more about me, I have a website, um, riachabra.com. I think it's easy to reach out to me as well on there. Um, my Rise Club as well has a Instagram. Surprise, surprise, but it is the easy way to reach people. It is the best way to reach people my age. Um, SRHS underscore rise. It's a it's a place for resources as well to try to educate people in mental health and resources for them to reach out for professional help. That's awesome. Good for you. You know, and we know right now that one in three adolescents ages 13 to 18 are going to experience an anxiety disorder. Um, but as you mentioned, many, whether it's cultures or many of us oldies, we just don't talk about it. So what advice do you have for people your age who may find themselves struggling? Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me as well, I'm talking from my own experience, of course, um, is that having that one person that you can talk to, and I mean this as a two way street as well. Um, talking to a friend, that doesn't mean, you know, putting all of your stuff onto another person. Um, but it's a two-way street. You help each other. Um, it's a support system. Having that um, and knowing that it's okay to reach out for help, I think that's something that is very important because for me, it was like, oh, I don't want to go to therapy. I don't need therapy. You know, we don't. I don't need any of this. Um, but it doesn't have to be something that's a taboo topic. I mean, a lot of people are in therapy, even if they don't have mental health issues, you know, even if they are not clinically diagnosed or anything. Um, It's okay to reach out for help and it's okay to speak up to the people that are also around you and that are not treating you in the best way to know that it's okay that that you must surround yourself with the right people as well. Um, And in terms of people, um, in terms of school and all that, 
I think a very simple solution, or not a simple solution, there are no solutions, everyone is different, but something that I do is just take one task at a time. You don't need to take on the entire world at once. It won't be helpful, it won't be productive either. Um, just, you know, create a to-do list, do a re relaxation method every day, have one thing you're looking forward to that day or that week to help you go, keep going, you know, go out on Friday nights. It's okay. Cause you'll be more productive. Honestly, taking breaks means that you'll be more productive rather than just procrastinating and you end up spending your time on social media. So, yeah. Yeah, listen, great advice. Uh, talk to us about Rise. You know, you talk about having a support group and clearly you formed this group to be a support group. So talk about your friends and why you decided to put Rise together. What do you guys do and what does Rise stand for? And can we buy T-shirts? Right. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> okay. Well, we don't have money for that, but we're just... No, in the future, I'll definitely be sending you a T-shirt, hopefully. Thank um, you. Extra yeah, large. <laughs> um, so essentially Rise was created um, out of the idea that me and my friends were trying to help each other. Um, obviously, we don't have like professional experience or anything, but it, often we would have FaceTimes or we would have group sessions where we're just trying to be there for each other. Um, that's something very important in my between me and my friends, that you're not just there for the fun, you're there for the bad times as well. Um, so it was just something that I realized that among my peers, when I would talk to people at school, it was a common thing. I didn't realize how widespread it was. Like, it was so many people. I just thought, like, not everyone's home life is great. I think it would be a great idea to have a safe space for my peers to, you know, talk on campus, you know, try to eliminate the stigma on campus, starting from there, you know, going to each individual uh, household is difficult, but in a place where we're common. Um, and I like to think that it's been a success because there have been, there's actually been a lot of uh, people that have come up to me and have said that, you know, my home life isn't great. My parents don't understand that I'm actually going through something and I needed this to validate that I'm going through something, that what I'm going through is real, that it isn't something made up and that I can learn from my peers because something is like, <laughs> don't take this the wrong way, but teenagers often listening to the adults, they don't want to hear it, right? <laughs> they don't want to hear the advice. They hear something, oh, you don't get it, right? You right. don't understand. So hearing it from someone who's your age, I think is super important. Yeah, and it you, just you know, I just want to jump in there and just say, as far as Adrian and I are concerned, our children hang on every word we say. I mean, they just. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that you've, you've validated what we've known for a long time. And that is our kids don't listen <laughs> to us. They get, and, you know, and but I love the way you've, you've positioned it because it is it's a generational divide. It, it's different. And, and I love the success you've had with peers that have said, hey, finally, I've got somebody to talk to. You know, I was just talking to a friend earlier today uh, with some advice on some stuff. And I said, you know, the reason Alcoholics Anonymous works is because yeah. every alcoholic's sponsor is another alcoholic, right? Exactly. So when your kids are going through the same thing, you have credibility because exactly. you're going through the same thing. Thank you for that. I think that was really a great takeaway for me. Of course. Tell, tell us a little bit about your self-help um, 
uh, rituals, Ria? What, what you do to keep your mental health strong every day? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would say that I'm still growing as well. I'm not like, oh, I'm fixed or whatever. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, I think that every day I'm trying to learn something new. I'm trying to keep a positive mindset. I've realized mindset is the most important thing. I cannot stress that enough. Um, surprisingly, my dad used to tell that to me. Don't tell him that. <laughs> Wait a minute. Advice from your dad that actually was good? Oh, yeah, check no, the box I, on that. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> but don't tell him. He'll, he'll get a big head about that. But <laughs> um, I think mindset's super important. Like I said, um, I try to keep a mindset that whatever happens, happens. You know, always put your best foot forward never leave any stone unturned like do everything you possibly can type of thing but know that at the end of the day you did it and you you can't change the past you can't do anything about that and um like i i like to i honestly like to have one thing i look forward to each day and that can be something very small maybe today i like paint my nails or today i go on a drive it's it can be very small it just has to be something to take me away from the stress. Um, I like to paint as well. I like to go outside, be with actual air instead of stuck in my room all the time. Um, and just eat foods that, you know, make me happy and know that it'll, it'll keep me going. Cause num my number one thing, my, my, my issue was always my work ethic. Um, I would go too far and academics was always my number one goal, but I would take it too far where I would uh, neglect my mental health. And I realized that pushing it was honestly just making my academics worse. So if that's really my number one goal, that was the best way I could tell it to myself was if that's really my number one goal, be happy, yeah. <laughs> you know, make your productivity better. Um, and honestly, a to-do list every day is so helpful. My notes are always open. I just check it off and make sure that I'm getting it through one thing at a time so I'm not just taking it all in at once. Good for you. You know, our, our guest today has been Rhea Chabra. She's a senior at Scripps Ranch High School in San Diego. She's the CEO of her own virtual company, which is so cool, and, and named 20, one of the 25 most remarkable teens in San Diego. So uh, tell us, Rhea, after all this conversation, are there one or two things that you'd want people listening? And our listeners are, are going to be more parents than teens, that's for sure. Um, what are the one or two things you'd like our listeners to take away from the conversation about their kids, their teens, and, and their teens' mental health? Mm -hmm. um, I think that it's okay to reach out for help when you need it, and that everyone experiences mental health differently. So what works for you may not work for someone else. And that's okay because things take time and not everything is going to happen at once. Um, just know that having a mindset and a proper support system and knowing that to get better, to have a proper mental health is what comes from within and not from external factors. So I think that's very important to note. Excellent. Well, listen, thanks so much for being on our podcast today. It's, it's been a delight. Uh, we were anxiously looking forward to this because of that. Hey, you know, you never know, you know, that you're so bright and articulate and you've done so much. I know you're, you're applying to Columbia University, which is in my backyard. So fingers crossed yeah. we'll, we'll see you on the streets of New York sometime soon. I really hope so. I hope to see you soon at an NHL game. There you go, <laughs> hockey. <laughs> you know his passion. Thanks for again, Rhea. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much.
Well, such a fun session with Ria, Jess. Uh, you know, and it's so refreshing to hear from somebody younger who talks pretty openly about these issues, about some of the things she struggled with during the pandemic. And what we have to assume is every one of the young people in our care, whether kids or, you know, young people we have some sort of interaction with, have gone through something. Um, I, I talked to a leader recently who said, well, I don't want to talk about mental health issues because maybe they'll think they have it, but they really don't. Like, <laughs> that's not a good idea, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you, I was just so impressed. I thought, man, uh, at her age, I was not nearly that smart uh, or that capable. And, you know, it, it leads us to the, a lot of the research we've done in, in our books of uh, anxiety at work and gratitude and so on is that, High performers, you know, she kept saying, academics, my number one goal, and I come from immigrant parents, and there's a lot of pressure, and uh, I just was so impressed that she'd done her research, and one of my biggest takeaways from her is she said, you know, kids just need to feel heard. Isn't that interesting? We talk about that in the workplace all the time. When I get a bad grade, don't jump to the solution. Just listen to me for a minute. There's a reason why I didn't do well. Let's talk about that as opposed to getting me a tutor or, you know, uh, banning me from my friends for the weekend so I can study longer. Really interesting. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I, I was really uh, impressed by what she was talking about with social media, too. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, we've heard this, but what really powerful to hear from somebody of her age talking about how it really creates a false image of, of the perfect life or beauty, et cetera. But she says, kids... Like me, we don't know how to process it. We don't know it's not real. So I thought that was really a good reminder for us all. You know, and I, I loved her perspective being from an Indian heritage family. You know, she says, Look, my parents are Indian. I'm just as much American, right? And her definition of beauty, she goes, that evolves in different cultures. It looks differently. And so th- there is no standard of beauty. Don't, don't look at that and say, well, yeah. if, gosh, if I don't look like that, yeah. you know, I'm, yeah. I must be ugly. Just so... Um, so perceptive. I love this. She says, the social media, this false image of a false life. Yeah. Really yeah. profound. And I thought, too, you know, really interesting about different cultures that, yep. uh, you know, hey, it is rather taboo in the, say, Indian culture. I, you know, grew up in an English culture. Yeah, we didn't talk about mental health. You slap a smile on your face. You get out there, you know. It's, uh, and are we, we have to break down those those taboos because young people of every culture are talking about mental health right now. And that's the big takeaway. Well, that's, that's why she formed her group rise, right? She said, I was talking to more and more people and I was amazed at how many, we were all dealing with the same stuff. So let's get together and uh, let's, let's talk it through. Well, just delightful to get that perspective and, and, and affirming and, and the education, you know, how many times does it come back to listen, listen to me? My, my, it's important my voice is heard. And especially she talked about, look, for teens, socialization is really important. You know, we need to get together. And when we can't get together, we go to crazy places and do all this screen time and everything. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, listen listen to your kids and, 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 and figure that out. Well, Ria Chabra, what a delight. Uh, listen, and special thanks to our producer, Brent Klein and... You know, he does such a great job of taking out all the muffs along the way and making us sound professional and good. And Christy Lawrence, who helps us find these amazing guests. And of course, to all of you that that listen, we're just so appreciative of your time, aren't we? 
We really are. So thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Uh, we want to thank you, especially if you download. That really helps build our community and listen to it as you're walking or exercising. So again, thank you so much for joining us and helping spread the word that anxiety at work is real, but there are solutions out there. You got it. Hey, we drop our podcast every Friday, so we'll see you next Friday. Hope you have a great weekend, unless, of course, you've got other plans. Take care and be well. We'll see you next Friday. Cheers. Cheers.